Thank you for connecting to this podcast from Faith Renewed Outreach Center. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. Take your Bible and uh, hold it up, first of all, if you got it. If you don't have it, uh, it's going to be on the screen free of charge. You can uh, and, uh, you look at that today and uh, feel free to look at all the Word. I, one of the things we do here at this church is we go to the Bible every week. Every week. We believe it. We believe the book. We believe it's God's Word to us and we can live this thing out. So uh, we need His grace to do so, but we can live this thing out. So do this. Take your Bible. Turn to John chapter 10. John chapter 10. John chapter 10, man. A lot of stuff going on around here. Uh, new calendars are out. They'll pick up those after service. Uh, night of worship tonight, next Sunday, family fun day at Paris Mount. A lot of cool stuff. Just get connected to what God's doing. Build some relationships that will last all the way into eternity. So uh, make that happen. So John 10, verse Okay, 10. That sounds good. Let's do 10. Uh, 10. It says this. It says, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. Go ahead, read it with me. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Oh, man, I'm so thankful for the word of God. That's red letter Jesus speaking to us today. Let's talk to him. One more time. He hears us. Amen. He hears us from heaven. Father, right now, I thank you, Lord, that you're with us in this place right now, Father. You sit on the throne, but your spirit's here. And Lord, we're not alone, God. And I just thank you, Lord, for what's happening in our life, for the stories of restoration that are continuing, Lord. We just give you honor and glory for all those things, God. And we're just thankful, Lord, that you're not finished with us yet. You're not finished with us yet, God. There's a work to be done, God. And Lord, when we were faithless, you were faithful, God. And so I'm just so thankful and so blessed, God, by your love and grace today, God. Let that message, Lord, shine through today, God, in the hearts and lives. Father, we just thank you and give you praise for all that you're doing. And Lord, we just ask, Lord, today, God, that your Holy Presence and your Holy Spirit, God, will just change us today, God. We'll leave this place different than what we walked in the door. And Lord, we ask this today in the name of Jesus. Say it with me, church. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> amen. amen. Fist bump your neighbor one time. And just tell them, say, restoration is here. Restoration is here. Amen. Restoration is here. We, uh, we're, we're, again, we're glad that you're here, but restoration is here. And uh, so we want to talk a little bit about that today because I, have you ever made a bad decision? <laughs> have, you ever made, have you ever made a bad decision? Hey, let's take it even a step further. Somebody, altar's open right now if y'all want to just come on down. We can go ahead. We can go ahead and take it on to the Lord and lay it at his feet right now. Come on. Thank you, Chief. Okay. Save it. We'll do it at the end. Uh, so just bring that down in a little bit. But, but have you ever made the decision, then wish you could take it back? Oh, man. Time after time after time. You've done it. You said it. And then you wish I could get it and put it back. And, and there you did it. And then you're like... Why did I do that? And then you, you, make that, you make that decision. Some of y'all are like, oh, yes, Lord, you're preaching to me today. And, uh, and, and, and just really wish you had it back. Wish you could do it all over again. Uh, Adam and I, my son, we were watching probably one of the greatest movies maybe of all time, um, Napoleon Dynamite. Uh, <laughs> you laugh because you, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. But there was, there was a character in the movie, and, and if you haven't seen it, don't, don't go see it. Don't, don't turn it on Netflix or nothing. It's free. 
And, uh, and so, but, but in, in, in the movie, you have, have the guy who, uh, uncle, what's, what's his name? Uncle Rico. Uncle Rico wants to do this. He wants to go back to 1982. I mean, he just just wants to go back to 1982, man. If he could go back to 1982, actually worked and saved some money and bought what he thought was a time machine, which ended up being very painful for him, uh, that that did not take him back to the time he wished. But I got to think, and I think we're like that sometimes. I think, I, I I don't know, maybe it's just me, but you made the decision, you made the choice, and man, you wish you could go back. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm thankful that even though I couldn't go back, might have made the decision and choice that really should have led me to a certain place. God still loved me. <laughs> he was gracious to me. And uh, when it was all said and done, I didn't get what I deserved. Wow. Now, I, 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 just, I know when you read Scripture and... Uh, <laughs> You look at situations, there are reaping and sowing principles. If you don't understand what that means, uh, it means you make certain choices and decisions sometimes in life. You put, you know, it's the springtime almost today, maybe wintertime tomorrow, but whatever it may be. But we're entering into a time where you start putting seed in the ground. If you sow seed into the ground, green bean seed, man, what should you expect to come up out of that ground? Green bean, man. And, uh, and so you do. You put tomato plants in the ground. You put that and you expect to see tomatoes come forth. Man, come on. Summertime tomatoes are just some of the best. And so you start expecting. But there's sometimes even we've made certain choices and decisions and deserve certain things to come back. You see the grace of God show up. And I think today, I, and in this series, we're, again, we're doing called Restoration. If you haven't figured that out yet. Uh, Alex said, we've been doing this for a few weeks. I was like, more like a few months, I think it is now. So, but it's all good. But, but we're talking about the restoration of God. And so we see in Scripture today a, a, a picture of a guy and probably one of the coolest pictures of restoration in Scripture. And I believe today we, we can relate to this guy. And uh, because this is the kind of God we serve, he's a God of second chances, third chances, it's a kind of fourth chance. Some of y'all way on down the line right now. Some of us, we are way on down the line. But I'm thankful that when I should have been cut off, he didn't give up. When I did, he didn't. When I, when I wanted to stop, he said, keep going. When I, when I wanted to quit and, and I made the choice, Richard, and I did certain things, and this should have came back into my life, the grace of God shows up. And we see a cool picture today about a guy named Peter. Name Peter. Peter, uh, this, this guy, if you don't know much about him, just a little bit of history, he was, he was a disciple of Jesus. He was, in, he, he was in the inner circle. He was literally like one of the three, like, I mean, the close group that, who literally walked with Jesus, uh, who spent time with him. And Jesus loved all of his disciples. He had these 12 guys that he poured into and, and spent time, and they followed him around for three years. But Peter was one of the close ones. And you need people in your life like that. You need people that you can just love and trust and care for, and it's not always easy to find. I mean, this is Jesus. He can only narrow it down about three that he really could find. And so, so if you only got one or two in your life, don't feel bad. I mean, you know, that's, maybe that's, Jesus was struggling with this thing a little bit. only had three, but Peter was one of the three. Peter was this guy who, who was living his life. He was a fisherman, and he was out. And then one day, Jesus come walking down the beach, and he looks at Peter, and I love what he says to him. He said, you follow me, 
and I'll make you fishers of men. Wow. I mean, just, I mean, oh, man, just put yourself there for a minute. We have the luxury today of knowing the story. We have the luxury today of knowing what would take place and what Jesus did for us and how he got on a cross for us and gave his life for us and surrendered all, did everything, died in our place for our sin. We got the luxury today. Peter didn't know that. And this guy comes up to him, and Jesus looks at Peter, and he says, do this. He says, follow me. Scripture says this, that Peter drops his nets and follows Jesus. Man, I, 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 just, I want to get to that place in life. He says, do something, and then we do it. I mean, that's what I'm praying for that. I'm praying I get there one day, that he just says something, we trust him, and then we go do it. Peter did this. Peter actually walked with him. And as a result, just a few other things. He got to see Jesus heal the sick. He got to see Jesus literally raise the dead from the grave. He got to see him cast out demons and devils. He got to see him feed multitudes, thousands upon thousands, with a little boy's sack lunch. Wow. And he even did this, and he gets blasted a little bit a lot from pastors and preachers and people in the Christian community that he took his eyes off Jesus and sunk. But let me tell you what Peter did. Walked on water. Really, I mean, you do other guys blast him and we blast him today, man. He did something nobody else in this room's ever done. He got back onto the boat after taking his eyes off Jesus and, and actually going down, but Jesus picking him back up and walking. Imagine this, walking back to the boat with Jesus and then getting onto the boat. And I don't know what Peter, we find out Peter was kind of one of these guys that was spout off and he would just say things sometimes. Some of us can really relate to him. Some of us are really connected with Peter and really just, I mean, like, dude, that's my boy. We're just like, man, I mean, just, you see this, but I don't know. I don't know if he got back on the boat, Pastor Chris said, did you see that? Yeah, we saw you sink. No, no, not that part, the walking on the water part. I don't, I don't know, but I think it was pretty cool because he did all these things. But what was amazing to me is after seeing all of the great things that Jesus did, even getting to be a part of it, he denies Jesus. Wow. He denies Jesus. And I, get, I think there's a lot we can learn. I think there's a lot that we can relate to. And there's three things today when it comes to the life of Peter that I just want to kind of share that I see that I, that I feel like the Lord showed me. So do this. Take your Bibles and turn back to the book of Luke. Hey, man. A second wool around. I like you guys. Luke chapter 22. And we're going to look at a couple of portions of Scripture today that just, uh, pretty sweet, the, really cool the, to, to think about in, in the life of Peter today. So um, again, not what I deserved in the title of today's message. Uh, verse 31 of Luke 22, we're going to see some things begin to unfold here that I, I think we need to see today. And in, in verse 31 says this, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon. Now, again, this is Peter. This is a guy I'm speaking of. This is Simon was a name that he had before his name. His name was been changed after encountering Christ. How many knows we get a new name? And uh, we're made new in Christ. And uh, just a lot of great things just in that. I want to preach on that, but that's good. But he has this new name. And then he gets into this situation where, like I said earlier, he wants to spout off and just say things sometimes and get in situations, open his mouth, insert foot, wish he could take it back. But he says some stuff here, and then he gets into this place and begins to run the mouth. But look at what Jesus says to Simon Peter. He says this, Indeed, Satan has asked for you and that he may sift you as wheat. 
I have prayed for you that your faith shall not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen the brethren. Now hear this for a second. I mean, literally Satan, and this is his plan for every person in this room. He said he wanted to sift him as wheat. What they would do, they would take this, I guess I'm trying to deceive, I believe it was actually the, the term for it. Some of you guys who may have some farming tech, you know, knowledge or whatever, but they would take this instrument, they would put the wheat in it, and then they would shake it. And what it would do is all the dust and the dirt and the things that were not solid would come off. And then what's left, then what's left is the substance of what was left. And this is what he tries to do to us. He tries to shake us, and he becomes and tries to steal, kill, and destroy. But when it's all said and done, Jesus come to give life. And then we see it in here in the story here. And he tells him, he says, Simon, he said, he's asked for you. And he says in verse 33, he says this, he said, but he said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you, but to prison and to death. You hear this boldness in Peter? I mean, because again, he watched him. He watched him heal the sick, cast out the devils, raise the dead, do all these things. And so he said this. He says, I'm going to go with you to the end. I'll go with you to prison and to death. Oh, man, have you ever felt like that? Come, I mean, the Holy Spirit was moving in church. Presence of God was strong. It was Friday night prayer meeting. You come out of that thing, man, and you was excited, man. You spent time and you set your food aside and you fasted and you prayed. God showed up and you was ready. And then you did this. You was like, God, I'm with you. I'll do whatever it takes. I'll go to prison. I'll go to death with you. Peter said this. Dude, it was bad, man. He was bold. He was saying this stuff. He was pumped. But look at Jesus. Then he said, Jesus, verse 34, I tell you, Peter, the rooster shall not crow this day before you will deny me three times that you know me. Come on, dude, you got to think for a moment. I mean, he's... He's going to death. He's going to prison. I mean, he's there. He's excited. You know he's, going, you know he's thinking like we think sometimes. Man, Jesus is going to be real proud of me. You know, this week, man, I got pumped up. I'm going out there. I'm going back to school, and Monday I'm going to go tell people about Jesus, and I'm going back to work this Sunday, Monday, and I'm going to go back, and I'm going to live for Jesus. I'm going to preach, bro, man. I'm going to baptize somebody next baptism. I'm going to do this. I'm going to get up, and I'm going to do it. Then what happens to most of us a lot of times? Life happens, things take place. We didn't maybe get the response we were looking for. Maybe, matter, matter of fact, I believe this is the response that we should face. And it's the first thing God shows me in this is that Jesus knows our heart. Oh, wow. Guess what? He knows what you're thinking right now. Some of y'all thinking, dude, this pastor's nuts, man. What have I done? Why did I come? No, he knows your heart. I think we need, and I hope we see this today. It's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. I want us to see today that he knows our heart. He, he knows what's going on in our life. He knows the thoughts right now that we're having. And, and I know a lot of times we do this. We want to come in and we want to put the mask on and, and we want to wake up in the morning. And, and uh, I've seen some of the uh, breast cancer awareness pictures about the no makeup some of you ladies have been posting. Let's keep going. And, um, <laughs> and we, 
just kidding. Now you are beautiful. You're beautiful in every single way. You're beautiful no matter what they say. All right? You're beautiful. And, but, but, but a lot of times, listen, I, we do this. We do. We don't get up. We don't just be real. We're not real. We don't, we don't just face it and say, this is who we really are. We don't come into life. We don't get up and we don't live our life. And, and I'm thankful. I believe God's creating a culture here of this, that we're seeing people that can be honest and be real and just say, this is who I am and I need Jesus. But, but it's because of this, because he knows our heart. So if he knows our heart, quit pretending. Quit faking it. I know it's a past, fake it till you make it. I mean, no, quit faking it. Be honest, be real. Let the Holy Spirit of God come into your life and you'll make it. And so, I mean, let, let the presence come because he knows all of this. He knows everything about you. And it's just amazing. He knew that Peter would do this. He knew it. Peter tells him, man, I'm going to death. I'm going to prison. And he tells him before the day's over with, before you hear a rooster crow, Three times. Three times. My farm animals aren't real good, but I mean, they're not real good. I'm, my farm animals aren't my best, best, best nature. But listen, I've done lost some of y'all. Lord, bring us back to one place right now. He, he knew. He knew. He knows. And this is the thing, and I, I, want, I want us just to be real. He knows you. He knows me. He knows where our struggles are. And, 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 and we're in this world that kind of frustrates me as a pastor and pastors get up and, and sometimes, and man, believe in yourself and, and you are awesome. And I mean, come on, somebody. And you, I mean, they see all these things. Let me tell you what the Bible says about this. Proverbs 28, 26 says this. He who trusts in his own heart is a fool. I know y'all have come to church to get this encouraging word. Glory to God. This is an encouraging word because he knows our heart. And this believe in yourself mentality, no, I want you to believe in Jesus. I want you to believe in the gospel. I want you to believe in the truth of what he's done for you and everything that he has. And Jesus knows our heart. And this is, this is what I love about this point and I love about this principle. He knows our heart and he loves us anyway. Wow. He knows my heart. He loves me anyway. He, he loves me anyway, regardless. And so we see this. And the second thing I see in this story and I see in the life of Peter is that he does. He knows our heart. But what really stands out to me, and, it, and this is great news today, encouraging news. And number two is this, that we've all failed. All failed. Every one of us, every one of us, we fail. We've, we've missed it. Turn the page and go to, go to Luke 22, verse 54. We start seeing this. Jesus spoke these words and said what would happen. Peter's thinking in his mind, man, no, I got baptized, man. I, got, I did this. I'm not, there's no way. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going back. There's no way. And look at what happens this day. We see it. We know what, what if you know the story, Jesus does this. Jesus gets arrested and, and, and he does this for us. He gets on a cross and gives his life. And I see it every week. It's the gospel that Jesus gets on a cross for us. And in the story, we see this happen. Verse 54 says this. It says, having arrested him, Jesus was arrested. It says, they led him and brought him into the high priest's house. But Peter followed at, somebody say that, a distance. Be very careful about this. 
Be, be very careful about this. In, in this story, we see this. Remember, Jesus spoke the words. Comes to the, to, he comes to the beach. Follow me. Man, he gets up. He's in, his, he's in his business. He's following Jesus around. We know what that, if, when we studied this one time, we'll understand that, that they're literally, he would follow Jesus so much, the dust that was coming off Jesus would get on him. He was close. He was seeing this. And he made this bold statement that I'm going to follow you all the way to the grave, all the way to prison, no matter what it takes. Well, the day's over with. Peter followed at a distance. Verse 55 says, And now when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat among them. Be very careful what following at a distance will take you. Young people, be very, very, very careful. Pastor Chris brings a message and he gets in there and tells you things and shares his heart. Be very careful. He's asking you to follow Jesus close because of what will happen when you do this, when you distance yourself between him and yourself, between yourself and God. What it does, it will lead you to a place and it will put you in a position. And then you'll be faced to make a decision and a choice that you really never wanted to make. And then he makes the choice. He makes the decision. He's here, the bond pit, the, the, the fire pit. It's a, it's a great day. It's a beautiful day. They're coming around. And it says in verse 55 that when he had kindled a fire in the midst of the courtyard, sat down together, Peter sat with them. In verse 56, and a certain servant girl, seeing him sat by the fire, looked intently at him and said, this man was also with him. You, you see this? A little schoolgirl, a little servant girl. I mean, you don't understand the culture. Women weren't highly, you know, esteemed, and especially little girls, especially not a servant girl. She had, to, I mean, so what is a lot of prestige and boldness? A lot of it, little girl. And she says this. She says, wait a minute. Wasn't you with him? And verse 57 says, but he denied him one, saying, woman, I do not know him. And after a little while, another saw him and said, you are also of them. But Peter said, man, I'm not. Hold on, dude. Peter, off the beach, following Jesus, seeing the miracles to the death, to prison. Wow. In front of a school girl, in front of a little guy. And then verse 59 says, And after about an hour had passed, another confidently affirmed, saying, Surely this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you are saying. Some of the other gospels record that he used explicit languages and beeps and he was, he was cussing. Not only was he now in a place where he was following Jesus and, and distanced himself and separated himself, then found himself in a place of denial. He finds himself cussing and saying things and doing things. And it says immediately while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and he looked at Peter. Now, this is the question. This is the choice, and this is where we all have to face. When we get in that situation, I'm thankful for this, that Jesus didn't turn away. He turned toward him. <laughs> Come on, think for a second. Even when Jesus came on the cross, the Bible says that God the Father had to turn away. <laughs> this is the message. Hear it. This is it. 
The father even had to turn away because he couldn't look at this. And then Peter made this statement and he denied him three times and the rooster crows and Jesus didn't look away, he looked to him. And I I want us to see today that he's looking to us right now. He's looking at you. How will we respond to his gaze? How will we respond to his affections? How will we respond that when he looks at us, what will we do in this situation? And then he remembered, it says that Peter remembered the word of the Lord and how he has said to him before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. I think the next verse is probably, hopefully, what I believe should be our response every time we've made this choice and decision. Every time we've denied him because it's just true, we've all done it, we've all missed it. He knows our heart. Remember, we've all failed. But 62, I love this, and it says this. It said that Peter went out and he wept bitterly. You know what he was doing? Peter was repenting. I don't know if you know the story real well, but there was also another gentleman who was a part of the 12. He, he also denied Christ. He also made the decision to, 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 to literally deny and reject him, even so much so that he sold him and betrayed him. And so they both found themselves in a decision. Both found themselves in having to make a choice. What will I do with this? And I believe we see in Scripture, I believe we see a lifestyle of Peter of repentance. And I see the only thing that we see in the lifestyle of Judas was his name is just remorse. I'm not here today to get you to feel bad about anything you've ever done. That's not it. Uh, that's not our mind, never been my goal. It's not even to do this, to get you sin conscious and get you thinking about all the bad stuff we do, man, and, oh, man, we've all failed. We've done. I mean, that's, that's not the point. What will you do when you do realize it? What choice would you make? And so he does this, and I believe we see the picture of repentance in Scripture. It says that he comes to a place, he goes out, he wept bitterly, and I know this to be true. Jesus will always respond to our repentance. He will always respond to your repentance. He will always respond when you have a heart that's towards him because he knew to begin with you'd mess it up. So where's the heart? I believe the difference between Judas and between Peter was a heart issue. Not just feeling bad, but realizing that he, wanted to, he, want, he really made a choice and made a decision went the wrong way. And so we see in Scripture, we watch what happens in the story. We look at what takes place here. And if, we, if, you, if you've read all this thing out, you know this, that Jesus died for us. He gave his life. And then on the third day, he arose from the grave. In three weeks, this Easter, we're really going to have fun celebrating this risen God. And it's going to be awesome. But you know what happened with Peter? When he found out and heard, he ran to the tomb. All the, about scripture says that the other disciples were struggling with this. It said Peter took off running and he runs in because he's wanting to see this. I think in his heart and his mind, his repentance led him to a place that he wanted to get back at his feet again. That's what it will do for you. That's what true repentance will do. It'll get you to a place where you want to get back into his feet one more time. You understand that you know, yeah, I've messed it up. But you know something? He didn't give up on he knows my heart. He knows I fail. He knows what happens in my life. And he knows, and he knows I'll do it again. But you know something? He loves me anyway. And this is the good news today. And it's the point three today that we see in the scripture. And I love it. And it's beautiful. Number three is this, that Jesus never fails. He never fails. We've all failed. He never fails. He never misses it. He never drops the ball. Second Timothy 2.13 says this. It says, if we're faithless, he remains faithful. That's good news. He is faithful. And and I I love it. And so we see the response of Jesus to repentance. 
We see it unfold in Scripture. We, we, look at this, we look at this Bible, we read it, and we watch what Jesus does. So go back to John real quick. Go to John and, and, and go to 21. John 21, man. I like hearing the pages turning in the church. I like that. In John 21, we see what happens and how Jesus responds to our failure. Now, now just normally how we respond to someone's failure is with anger, with frustration, smack down, beat down, frustration. I mean, that, that's how we respond. To, that's how we respond to it. Look how Jesus responds to our failures. And it's in John 21, and we see the story begin to unfold. And again, thankfully, uh, John 21 was written. Thankfully, this book and this story was recorded. Thankfully, it, it was here in the Bible. It shows us and tells us there's hope and that we don't get what we deserve all the time. We, 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 we get a loving God who, who gave his life for us. And so in John 21, we see it happen. In verse 3, it says that Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. This is after Jesus had come back. He had made a few appearances, and Peter's in this place, a struggle, and he, he's repented, and he's wept, and he's, he went into the tomb, and he's going after God, and he's wanting to have this encounter. And it says in verse 3, it says, I'm going fishing. I like that. If you know me, I, I like to fish. I love that. And, and for me, it, it, it's an escape. It's a, it's, a, it's a time of relaxation, and I enjoy it. And I've read things in the, in the scriptures, and I, I've, I've read commentaries about him going fishing. And uh, Pastor Ralph, you've probably heard different thoughts, and we probably all have our own thoughts and about why Peter went back fishing. And people say as well, because now Jesus was gone, and, and uh, you know now he's getting ready to go into heaven. He's got to figure out how to make a living again, and he's got to do all this kind of stuff. I don't think so. Just my thought. I believe he went back fishing because he remembered what happened three years ago. I, I believe that he sat down and had to process all this stuff. Follow this guy around. <clears throat> Watched him get beat and die, and his grave's empty. I remember what happened three years ago. I remember what happened when I was <clears throat> I was out there and I was I was out there trying to make it on my own and trying to do my own thing and trying to live my life. Out there just doing it, going through the motions, man, going through it, living it. And I remember somebody walking up onto the shore that day and changing my life. I believe that's why he went fishing. I believe he started having flashbacks go through his head and he started thinking about all the stuff that took place. And I think he remembers, I think he heard two words that changed his life forever. And I believe he just, just constantly had this going through his mind. And Jesus looked at him one day and he said, Peter, follow me. But you know something? He quit following. He quit. He denied him. He's messed it up. He screwed it up three times in a row, man. I mean, he did this, and now he finds himself in this place, and I think he's thinking, maybe it's not too late. You know, something's never too late with Jesus. If you're here right now, it's not too late. 
If he, he, he may hear re- rearrange schedules and things that you don't even know what happened to get you in this room. Nobody's here by accident. Nobody's here by choice. And he gets us in this place. He gets us here. And then he hears something. They're out in the boat. And, and, and this is kind of a neat thing. He says, I'm going fishing. He said, they said to him, we're going with you also. They went out and immediately got into the boat. And that night they caught nothing. Anytime you're trying to catch someone, you're only won't work. It'll never work. But when the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore, and yet the disciples did not even know that it was Jesus. And then Jesus said to them, children, have you any food? I like that verse. It wasn't just fellas, dude, boy, what's up? He he said, children, this is intimacy, this is family, this is relational here. And he's speaking to them, and he says this, he said, they said to him, and then they answered to him, no. And then he said to them, verse 6, he said, that, he said, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So you got to remember all this happened for. I mean, they're going back. Remember, oh, I wish I could, I wish I could go back. Starting to click now. Man, I wish I could go back. I wish so bad to screw up and to mess up. I wish I could go back. Do what Jesus does. He restores you. Because he's a God of restoration. And he says to them, he says, cast your net on the other side and you'll find some. So they cast, and then now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. And therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved, speaking of John, he says this. He said, he said, it, it's the Lord. See this? This is how he responds. He could have went on. He could have said, man, you know something? I'm going to find me another group of disciples. These guys jacked it up. This guy denied me three times. Let me go find somebody else who will really love me. You know what he does to you? He comes to you where you're at. And he says this. He calls you. He says, children, by name. He speaks to them. And he says this word. They answer and respond. And then Peter sees it. He said, it's the Lord. And so now when Simon Peter uh, heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment for he had removed it. And he plunged into the sea. This guy, I don't know, I don't know what was going through his head. I don't know if he was remembering. Last time I got out of the boat in the water, I was walking on it. That might not have ever been a part of his mind. It didn't matter. Because you know something? He wasn't looking for the manifestation of the miracle. He was looking for the man Jesus. And so he leaps out of the boat. He plunges it to the water. And the scripture says that he goes in and he's going after him, man. He's going after Jesus. He plunges in. And he says in verse 8, the other disciples came in the little boat, for they were not far from land, about 200 cubits dragging the net with fish. Then as soon as they had come to the land, they saw a fire of coals there and fish laid on it and bread. I love what Jesus does. He's wanting you to bring yours, your offering, as Herb said. He's wanting you to bring your gift in. But, but really, he just wants to see how faithful you are because when they got there, they already had the fish. They got on the shoreline and they see it and he's already laid out. It's all there for him. And they see it. Peter just loses it and goes after him and all this is going on. And Jesus says to them, he says, come and eat breakfast. Yet none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? Knowing that it was the Lord. Verse 13, then Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and likewise the fish. 
And this is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to the disciples and he was raised from the dead. Wow, wow, wow. Do you see what's going on? He gets them in this place and he gets them together. And when he should have been rebuking them and beating them, he was grilling out. Y'all gotta read the Bible, man. You gotta see this stuff. This is crazy. I mean, when he should have beat him down, and I mean, they should have worn him out. I mean, here it is. He shows up, he comes on ashore. Kidding me, man? And it just it just says that they, they don't even say a word. They just know. And you know it's gotta be a little bit weird, and you're sitting around and saying, Man, this is pretty good. You know, and so I, there's there's groups out there in religions that say Jesus didn't physically come back to life. He was eating. He really came back. He was alive. He's alive. And so he came back. And so here he is. He's grilling out. They're having this great time. And I love it. This is really not a, not a picture about just uh, lunch or supper. Or about it's a picture about restoration because look at what takes place next. In verse 15, it says that so when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Everybody's finishing up. Awkward silence is finally broken. And Jesus says, Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, and he asked this question. He says, do you love me more than these? And now we've got to see this. He's not asking a question because he doesn't know the answer. He's never asking a question to you because he don't know, because he knows our heart, remember. He, he's asking the question because he's always trying to prove something, and he's trying to give something, bring back. And so he starts having this conversation. He says, Simon Barjona, he said, he said, do you love me more than these? And he said to them, yes, Lord. He said, you know that I love you. And he said to him, feed my lambs. And there's a lot of things, and, and I, we don't have time to go into it, but there's a lot of things in the wordplay that's used there. And, 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 and he's asking him, he said, do you love me? And he's talking about serious agape, all hands down, no hose bar love. And Peter just cannot even respond back with that answer of yes. He says, I phileo you. That's a word that, that is, 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 is like a Philadelphia love where we get that from. And it's just like a brother love. Yeah, I love you. But I think he's honest for once in his life. I think he realized that he knew that that little statement I made back in the day, I really can't do that on my own. And so he asked him again, do you love me? Yes, he said, you know, I love you. And then he, he comes to him again in verse 16. He says, he says to him again, second time, do you love me? And he says, I want you to tend my sheep. He says in 17, he says, he said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Most assuredly, I say to you that when you were younger, you girded yourself up and you walked where you wish. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. That's a picture there. And that's, that's where Jesus is telling him what's going to happen to him. He's telling him of how he's going to die and what's going to take place. And, and history records that Bible doesn't just say it, but history records that Peter would not in, in no way die the same way that his Savior died. And they were going to crucify him. He said this, I want you to bury me and crucify me upside down. Why was he able to do this? Why was he able to, after all the stuff he had made, all the de denial that took place, all the mess-ups, why was it able to happen? You know why it was able to happen? 
because verse 19 says this. Then he spoke to him, signifying by the death in which he would glorify God. And when he has spoken this, he said to him. Those two words. You got to think. That's what I've been waiting to hear. That's it. The fish is good. All this other stuff is great. I want to know, is there still a chance? When it's all said and done, after all my screw-ups and mess-ups, after all my failures and faults, after all my folly, is there still a chance? And Jesus says to him, and it's a picture of restoration, he says it again. And then he says this to him. He says, follow me. (laughs) Remember I said we can all relate to Peter. Peter goes out and lives this sinless life the rest of his years. Never makes a mistake. Perfect. Awesome. Just, I mean, does he not? I mean, it's just crazy what all he, Lord, begins to do through this guy. He's awesome. <laughs> Look with me real quick, just real quick as we get ready to close. Look what happens. I mean, this is Peter. This is Peter. The very next verse, then Peter turning around and seeing the disciples whom Jesus loved following him also leaned on his breast at the supper and said, Lord, who is the one who betrays you? Peter seeing him said to Jesus, but Lord, what about this man? You see this guy? The nerve. I mean, he denies him three times. Jesus cares enough to love him, come back from the grave, come out there, fix him supper, fix him breakfast, spend time together hanging out, gives him another chance, says, follow me. Then Peter, man, what about this dude? He's a, what about it? I love Jesus. Verse 22 says, Jesus says to him, if I will take the remain till I come, uh, what is that of you? You follow me. If I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you? You know what he's saying? Quit worrying about somebody else. You follow me and you do what I'm telling you to do. You, you do, you, you get up and I say get up and you do these things. You follow me. Quit worrying about what somebody else is doing. And if we see it, it's a picture and I love it. And it's what he does for us. He sets him straight again. You see in scripture, you hear stories about Peter getting in trouble and Paul having to come out and, and I'll smack him around, but getting, the scripture says getting his face. Literally, Paul and Peter getting each other's face and he deals with him on some stuff. Peter was a real guy. But Jesus loved him. And deep down, his heart was this, was to follow Jesus. And he was willing to go all the way to the end, give everything that he had, and surrender everything to the one who surrendered all for him. And not because he was good, but because Jesus was good. Not because he never failed, but because Jesus never failed. I I just want us to be real. And so I said this earlier. Have you ever done it? Have you ever messed it up and wish you could go back? And you ever done Here's your chance. This is how the love of God works. This is the call today. This is how Jesus responds to us. This is how he responds to our heart. He comes and he makes the call and he says, follow me. Even though we've messed it up, dropped the ball, fell, fallen, Jesus is saying, follow me. Turn right around, mess it up again. And Jesus said right there again, you don't worry about them, you follow me. What's Jesus saying today? 
You follow me. I won't give you what you deserve. <laughs>